strategy, design, marketing, UX, digital, development. This is Agencies That Build. This show is dedicated to leaders and teams that design and deploy in the digital world. My name is Jesse, and I'm a marketer and an agency owner. And I'm Varun. I'm not a marketer, but a coder and an agency partner. This show is sponsored by Together We Ship. On a mission to help agencies grow. Rock on. Here we are, Varun. How are you, my friend? I am great. How are you? Who do we have today? Today, I'm very excited for today's conversation. So today's guest is a brand reinventor, a storyteller, a designer, the lead creative for large clients such as, and this list is killer, Nike, GM, Microsoft, Campbell's Soup, TGI Fridays, The Coffee Bean and Tea and Leaf, DirecTV, Old Navy, Tesco, Anheuser-Busch, and has worked with some more big names that I am like super jealous about, Madonna. Paul McCartney, Radiohead, Megadeth, and the Food Fighters. He's the creative director and founder of Extra Bold Agency, Ross Patrick. Welcome to the chat today, Ross. It's a pleasure Thanks, to have guys. you. <laughs> Thanks, Barun and Jesse. Uh, great to meet you guys. And uh, yeah, let's have some fun. Yeah, I, I feel like I could spend the whole time we're chatting today just grilling you about Madonna, but I won't. <laughs> Maybe a little bit about the Foo Fighters and Megadeth as well. So. Sure, sure, absolutely. <laughs> um, so we'd like to start off our conversation by having you bust some sort of myth, some smashing some sort of bogus strategy misconception that's out there in the market. Tell us what you would like to set the record straight on. Wow, that's that's pretty deep. You know, I, I think recently I, I've I've kind of figured out that you know there's all these sort of so-called experts and and people saying that you know they they kind of are the the guru of this or that. And I'd like to bust that myth and just say, you know, that's really not true. The the world is moving so quickly that if you're a a total expert, you're probably obsolete. You know, you, you got you got to keep moving. You can't just stick on one thing and become the the pro or the expert of of that. And and really, I found that's true uh, with a client that we're doing a lot of work on TikTok right now. I, I won't say the name of the client right now because we're just in the middle of getting them going. But you know, we've got a a big team working on it, and you know, nobody really knows anything. Um, and if you ask younger people about it. They've got one vision. If you ask some some of your friends about it, they might say, oh, that's that's a bunch of crap. It's just the world is changing so fast. And this was all true about Facebook and then Instagram and Instagram stories and and reels. And it was true with with, uh, short form TV commercials and videos. And I I just think that, you know, everything's getting mobilized. Everything's bite-sized consumption. And uh, nobody really knows where it's going. It's just, uh, you just got to keep running. You can't ever sit still. Like we're all, you know, I'm making the chicken wing. For those of you listening, I'm like chicken winging my arms. We're all kind of winging it a little bit, would you say? <laughs> we're, we're, we're fully winging it. In fact, I've been winging it my whole career. So yeah. Things you don't want to say when you're trying to get new clients. I'm just kidding. No, I, I would say that's that's. I would agree. It, it makes you wonder what was that um, Vine pre TikTok? Vine turned into you remember yeah. Vine that social media platform? Like they were a little yeah. bit early to market there, you know, because they died. No pun intended um, on the Vine and TikTok's back with a ferocity. So yeah, I think it, I think it's also you know just our our super short attention spans have gotten shorter, and so. Mm-hmm. You know, here we are. We we you know we don't like to read copy anymore, which which is silly because you know great copy is still great copy, but we want storytelling, but we want it in a little short form so that we don't miss out on the next story or the next story. And it's and it's um, you know, I don't know what that's going to create in our our next generation, um, but it does mean that you can gather a lot of information because not everything is is just entertainment or selling. Uh, some stuff's inspirational, some stuff's educational. Um, honestly, I think that's maybe the benefit of this crazy chaotic sort of pace that we're at with the world is that if you want to gather information, you know, it's all right there on the internet. You could go to YouTube or TikTok or whatever. It's, it's, there's a ton of stuff out there. And I think 
to me, that's that's a positive. It just means you you kind of have to filter some of the crap out. But you, you know, if you want information, it's there. So, to go um, back. Oh, go ahead, Maroon. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. So um, I want to rephrase what you said that you don't have to be an expert uh, to to do things that you want to do. So let's let's dive a little more into that. Like, what what do you mean? Is it like being an agency owner? where right you know all the agencies these days they are trying to be more you know go towards specialists the specialist route versus generalists and that is where they're trying to find their niche and do things that no other agencies are trying to do while here you come and you are saying to the world that you know you don't need to be um, you know specialist you don't need to be an expert you can learn as you go like you, you, the project that you are talking about uh, you, you mentioned you not everybody knows everything that they are doing, but they're learning and being adaptive. Now, this approach is only applicable to the type of work you are doing, or you have been with that mindset throughout your career. Has anything changed? And is it because pandemic or what has caused you to get to this stage? Varun, that's that's a great question. And I I mean, I think you, you do have to be able to learn as you go. It, let's 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 say that you're, you're talking to a client and they ask you if you have expertise or or what team you're going to put on it. Well, the truth is, it, it's it's sort of like making a movie. If I'm making a horror movie, I'm going to bring in the best people who know hair and makeup for a horror movie. If I'm making a you know a, a period piece, I'm going to get period piece specialists in. So I'm going to customize my team to what. I'm trying to solve. And, and there might be people who are going to have to do some deep learning to get up to speed. But you know what I found is that um, cultural, uh, some cultural knowledge is helpful. You know, if we're making references to, well, you know, we're going to do it sort of like, you know, that, that really funny Jack Black movie of uh, School of Rock. Yeah, it's like that. Okay, well, if you don't understand that reference, it's going to be tough for you to understand what, what, where we're going. So cultural ref, references and, and knowledge are probably more important than sort of book smarts. I, I'm guessing that designers and copywriters and, you know, whatever they're, they're trained in, they're, they've got some, you know, they've got some skills. They got through all their course studies and they know what they're doing. But do they have cultural skills can they pull is there a deeper bucket there and i think you know from way back when uh i remember some of my professors in college saying hey go to movies and and go to concerts and go to plays and go to you know go out in the world and see stuff and and touch it and feel it and do it i mean uh that that could be even just going out to restaurants like get out there get your hands dirty if you're if you're gonna know what's going on and, and, you know, I, I've had a lot of fun over the years because I've had a lot of beer clients. And so, you know, my friends make fun of me because on, on Instagram, I'll post a picture of a beer and I'll put hashtag research. Well, I'm truly doing research. And uh, I actually posted one a few days ago and tagged my client in it. And they, uh, they thoroughly enjoyed that because, uh, you know, it's true. You have to go out there and you have to kind of get your hands dirty and get into it. And it's not necessarily, uh, you know, like school uh, educational process where you're, you're getting taught from a book. This is going out into the world and, and learning from, from just being in the mix. Um, and this, this does go back to, you know, a lot of stuff that I've done with celebrity branding where, you know, I was scared out of my mind to just sit in a room with, you know, some of these, some of these famous athletes or famous musicians, but Look, they're all people. They want to be treated like normal people, and they want to they want to talk about cool design too. They want you know they they want to jump over it. And you know, there's that sort of joke about clients how everybody wants to be a designer or an art director because they want to change things, move things around, and and that's true with with whether they're famous clients or it's just you know somebody who's got some new product launch that they're doing. They're all passionate. They're all intrigued but they might not have the depth of knowledge and that's that's really what our job is to just be sort of able to feed it or, or go out and do the research and bring that back that actually leads me into 
you know, a, a conversation we were having in our, in our prep for today's episode around staffing and how you approach talent and approach staffing for various clients and your, your thought process for that. You know, the conversation we were having was how you're not, uh, you know, focused on necessarily geography isn't a priority in terms of finding the right person for the right job to meet those needs. Would love to, you know, you said, and I'm just going to, I'm going to spit it out. You said that working from home with creative teams is a challenge, but also to your point here a minute ago, sometimes you're finding the right cultural knowledge to be able to do the right thing for the client. What's your, your, thoughts there, your approach there, philosophy, I guess is the right question. I was super wishy-washy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sorry. I, I, think, I think we know that we're going to be uh, growing and having to staff up on projects and get the right people so that we don't, uh, you know, our, our, a lot of our skill set is, is speed and accuracy and, and that sort of cultural accuracy. Um, and, and I guess a lot of that's that sort of, whether it's in design, I, I like to say that we're bringing in what I like to call a wink. And it's a little element to the design that makes people go, you know what, this is really smart or clever or fun or, you know, emotionally inspiring. Like it, there's something about this design and we, we try and call it the, you know, the wink or whatever. But, and then in the ad side, you know, it's sort of more the, the, the twist or the joke or the little that little clever sort of moment where you go oh i get it like this brand really gets me they really you know they're human beings they're 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 down to earth like i am they're not preaching to me they're just yeah they're just like my friends they're funny and and weird and cool and yeah they get me and those those are the kinds of things that are hard to get when you don't know your team and you're trying to hire in to do that but I also think that with the right uh, vetting and prepping, you can get your team up to speed on that kind of stuff. If, if everybody's, you know, like-minded in, in their approach or just willing and able to take that on. But we're, we're also thinking that there's certain staffing needs that we can, we can fill in that don't necessarily require everybody to be, you know, that sort of tip of the spear, whether it's the copywriter or the designer, or, or we could even be talking about UI, UX, some of the tricks in, in, in web design, or, or even video editing. There's, you know, uh, there, there's so many little things that are going on. And, and, you know, all it really takes is saying, hey, can you look at this, maybe a, a previous example of how another brand has done it? And then that's what's going to inspire us to do it here. And if the team is extended, whether, you know, I, I work with some offshore teams now, I've got people all over the country. We all, we all kind of get that mind meld going and we're fine. It, it just, it takes a little bit of patience. And I think a little bit of um, belief in the system, trust. I know that I, I get a lot of, crap from my colleagues because I am super trusting and super optimistic and I will take chances and uh, you know they're not always successful. I've, I've had many um, interns and junior designers that haven't haven't made the cut but they've watched me try to, to mentor and bring in people from outside and you know even sometimes with senior writers or senior art directors where we've you know, we've just chewed them up and it's not because they're not good and that they're not smart. It's just sometimes it just is really tough and you just have to be willing to sort of take the failure and not call it a failure to say, hey, it's part of our process. We're learning. We're churning through. Uh, we're, we're getting to the we're getting to the to the answer. But it's, um, I, you know, I think it's it's just you have to be willing to try and trust and I'm sure I'm sure you guys know exactly what that's like because that's that's the only way this is going to work. Well, absolutely. And I want to ask you more on those lines like what type of work have you tried to offshore uh, because I think offshoring, nearshoring, contracting is a big 
piece of conversation happening these days uh, in the agency world where people are, especially after you know COVID, people are looking to other, like other areas, uh, you know, with these options because they don't have to be in the same city. So when it comes to offshoring, I would like to pick your brain on um, what type of work have you have you tried offshoring? How much have you succeeded, and how much and where did you fail if you failed at all? Because this is the learning, this is the experience I think people would like to hear and learn from that. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, because I don't think our intent was specifically offshoring, but you know we are working with uh, this past year with teams in, in Toronto, Canada. Uh, we've got uh, teams in Virginia Beach. We've got some offshore in India, which interestingly enough, earlier this year the entire team got COVID, and uh, they went kind of dark for a while because they were trying to get better, and that was scary. We we're in the middle of launching a website, and uh, I was trying to be as, as understanding as possible, but also the clients, you know, are, are trying to get their site live and it, it was challenging. Um, we've got designers and writers and art directors all over the country. We've got editors and production companies in Utah and Seattle and Portland and, you know, just Los Angeles everywhere. We're, we're just not really trying to, to worry about that. And we've even had some of our team pick up and move uh, with during the pandemic. So um, some of our creatives uh, left the Bay Area because it was too expensive to, to live here. And they said, well, if we're going to be all this sort of patchwork freelance network, we'll just go wherever we want to go. And, uh, you know, some of them had moved to Atlanta, to Denver, um, San Diego. It's, it's wide open. And I think they're all happier now that they can kind of relieve themselves of the, the anxiety of either commuting or paying high rent or, or just doing what they thought they had to do to maintain a job. And, and, uh, and, they're, and they're all gainfully employed as freelancers now, which, you know, I'm sure there's some criticism of that as well, because, you know, that there's, you know, a lot of uh, labor laws around benefits and whatnot. And so we're not really sure. We, we're all winging it <laughs> to try and get through this. I, I have a feeling that we'll probably have to figure some of this out as we go. But um, we, we've mostly been in like what I'd call survival mode, trying to save the agency and the clients and our, and our careers. Um, so, you know, I don't know that you're really in a great position while you're sort of treading water or winging it. You're just trying to survive and do the best you can. And, um, you know, also maintaining those relationships um, in a respectable way so that, you know, you don't lose your talent pool, uh, your resources, uh, whatever they are, vendors. We all, we all need to kind of survive together or it's not worth it. You know, I don't want to get you know, to the end of 2021 and find out that all my best people or best vendors, whether they're onshore, offshore or whatever, if they don't make it, I don't make it. So we're, we're all tied together. What would you say, you know, working, I know you, you're, you've gone through a transition within your organization and taking on this, you know, new, new company, Extra Bold, and working with vendors, outsourced partners, internal teams, you know, talk to us as, about some of the specific challenges and how you've overcome some of those. I know you've outlined a couple and we all do it, but I think, you know, our yeah. audience, that's a, that's a, it is a challenge. And it's, what do you, how do you keep them happy? How do you keep them engaged? How do you, how do you, is it a, what have you found to be a successful partnership relationship? You know, any insights you could impart there? Well, that's a hard question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of our team have been able to get together socially during certain waves of the pandemic where it's been okay to get out and ride bikes or go for a beer or, or hang out a little bit. Um, so that's been somewhat helpful. Um, and on the other hand, uh, you know, I, I think um, it, it, it's, it's sort of about blocking out your day and using time management to make sure you get some face time with with specific members of the team, um, not just these like massive Zoom calls where there's like 10 people on the call, 
but but you know that one-on-one and i i do feel like that's been one of the biggest challenges is uh, getting getting some of that face time with the team, uh, whether we're talking about a video or uh, you know a logo design that we're working on, we we really do need to have some time. And you know, I'm I'm kind of a, a sketcher. You know, I like to sort of draw and say, hey, you know, could it be like this or could we do it this way? And uh, that's been pretty much eliminated. So I'm I'm challenged as to how to make changes on things and. You know, sometimes, you know, in the past couple of years, I was spoiled. I had uh, on-site editors and motion graphics people. And yeah, I could just walk, you know, down the hallway and go see what they're doing and sit with them and go, oh, that's cool. And now it's kind of been eliminated. It's it's, it's a little tricky to, you know, to be a creative director and, and make editorial decisions on cuts uh, because it's it's just there's there's sort of more than just distance it's 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 harder to do that over zoom uh so you know i think i think a bunch of things have kind of been thrown to the wind a little bit um and uh I, you know I, I guess you just have to trust your your people trust your team and say hey look we're we're gonna we're all doing the best that we can do but we're all we're all in this together i think that's part of that mentality of of why I want all my freelancers and vendors and, and people to survive because, you know, we've been through this much so far and we're all kind of vibing together. So let's, let's, you know, let's hang in there. Let's keep it going because uh, I think that's another big collective piece of this whole pandemic and, and the work from home. And then this sort of extending our network to, to offshore uh, is, is, is the attitude of, of, myself and my team, we have to be willing to, you know, be flexible and change and, and do our jobs differently and just trust that uh, our instincts and our, our experience and our, and our willingness to take chances and maybe even fail a little bit, that's, that's what's going to get us through this. Have you found, you know, especially of having, oh, now I'm asking another hard question, sorry. Um, <laughs> But that's, you know, that's the purpose of the conversation is to, to have these conversations, I guess, is, you know, when you're working with remote teams in general, regardless of whether they're full-time, part-time, partners, vendors, whomever it is, you know, do you find that it takes, I have found that it takes a little bit longer to get things done. I'll, I'll, I'll be upfront about it. Do you find that when working with clients, there's also a little bit of flexibility than we haven't experienced before with the ability to get things done because they're also remote. So it's like getting the right person, you know, with, with a client right now, I'll give you an, a, for instance, I'd love to hear, you know, maybe both of your thoughts on this. We've tried an agile approach. We have a, a multifaceted content project we're working through. And if we don't get the first piece right, we literally can't do anything else. So we've mm -hmm. said, look, let's just set up a weekly Monday call at 9 a.m. Everybody comes. We know it's a working review session. Obviously we pre-prep, we pre-prep internally with our teams and things like that, but, you know, executing on that. So even the CMO was on the call, for example, and we've, I found pre-pandemic, never in a million years would I do a call like that, like not on your life, but because of how the world works today yeah. in time zones and stuff, you know, I, I would love to hear kind of both of your thoughts if you approach this challenge, especially with the global approach that we embrace so heartily here yeah, yeah Varun I'd, I'd be curious to hear how you, from your end how how you see that um if you if you've had to because because I think at the beginning everybody was pretty you know forgiving but I think then coming into the last few months it's like holy shit we got to get stuff done right mm -hmm. like yeah. get over your whole pandemic thing and let's you know let's hit these deadlines is that, yeah. is that true? Yeah, so, so clients are more flexible than ever to, to be remote because as, as Jesse said, they are remote. Everybody is remote, like they're forced to work from home, right? So there are certain expectations already set, like they're preset, like yes, everybody is going to be working in this manner. How can we best make this happen? Like we are stuck now. I mean, there is no, no way out. So, uh, you know, I mean, the, the stand-up calls, the weekly meetings that were happening earlier in person, now 
we have Zoom, right? As everybody is using. So more and more tools are being used. Like we have adopted using um, you know, certain tools that gives us those mechanism that allows us to follow a fixed structure. Earlier, it was all random, maybe on notebooks or you know, uh, you know, on the wall, like we are going in with, oh, that's a good with, point. The, with the memories, but now things are already in the tool, in the software, everybody knows that and everybody comes with a fixed agenda which is already pre-decided and they, they, you know, they can see it and they can, they can review it. They can, you know, work collaboratively. So more collaboration is happening now more than ever. That is what we have seen. Yeah, that, that, that is one thing that I really miss um, about being in the office is, is the sort of critique session where you can put everything on the wall. Um, you know, we, we had a brilliant office down in Sausalito and we had a great conference room and we could put up hundreds of things on the wall. And you know, it was just a joy to have the team come in and look through everything. And, you know, and even with clients coming in, uh, you know, there's clients that come into the office and seen like the entire universe of their brand on the wall. And they've never seen that before ever. And it just, was fun to be able to do that. You know, I guess at some point that's going to come back, but boy, I sure miss that. I sure miss that kind of collaborative spirit of being able to, uh, you know, talk through things visually. Um, and whether it's standing next to them on the computer or looking at the wall, I think now, you know, it's a little funky. It's like, hey, share your artboard or share your screen. And, you know, you kind of see into the mind of these designers of what they're doing. <laughs> And, uh, uh, you know, the only good thing for me is that I do have a handful of, of team members who I've worked with for a few years now. And so we're pretty tight. Um, so we don't have to get outside of our comfort zone too much to get where we need to go. We're all, we've got a little bit of that sort of hive mind where, you know, oh, okay, well, they know what I want. And I sort of know how they work. So we collectively groove together. Um, but I, you know, there's another kind of part of this whole journey that that I think maybe it's it it's it you know like if you're not having fun or enjoying your work, then this whole thing's gonna suck. And you know, it did suck for for some of our clients and some of our projects and some of our people during the pandemic. It really did. That's why uh, I, I've evolved into this new agency because not everybody could make the jump to this new world order that we're in. And, and they just, they either hated it or they sucked at it or, or both, or they, you know, they, they, there's other factors that are definitely involved, whether it's their family, um, uh, whether it's, it's um, you know, just the stress and anxiety. I mean, the, the political landscape, I mean, there's been so much, it seems like, you know, that load was heavy for everyone. And some people just couldn't do what they were doing uh, productively. And on the other hand, though, I think productivity has gone up for a lot of people. They, they have excelled at working from home. They get to do a little bit of family time. They get to run around and do some me time. And then they're crushing it. And I don't care whether it took them two hours or 10 hours, as long as they're crushing it. So, so that's, you know, there's so many factors and I, I just feel like, you know, and I'm glad that the people that weren't doing it well or weren't enjoying it have moved on and are finding happiness some other way because, you know, ultimately we're going to be doing this, we're going to be in this pandemic thing for <laughs> a, a little bit longer, you know, I, th I think uh, we're not through the woods yet and, you know, if you can't sort of find a way to survive and find a way to move forward, then it's going to be tough. And I, and I feel bad for, for a lot of people who have been, uh, their jobs have disappeared. Uh, you know, my wife's job pretty much disappeared during the pandemic. Um, and a lot of, a lot of friends and family, the same thing. So it's, you know, it's something that you see it and you just go, holy shit. And, and uh, you know, for, for me and my sort of immediate tribe that, that are doing extra bold, we all, we all just want to do great work and do what we were doing before, but we realized that, you know, it, it was sort of like, you know, you have to learn how to just survive in this little weird zone that we're in. So let me ask you then a very pointed question. 
you know, working remotely, having vendors, remote teams, all of the people that we've previously listed, what's like your number one piece of advice when working, not within your own organization, but bringing in external resources to support you? Like, what's your, and actually, Varun, I'm going to ask you the same question too. Like, how do you, with an outsourced vendor or team, how do you bring them in and ramp them quickly? I'd be curious to hear both of you. If you, if you want a minute, I can tell you what mine is. Yeah, go tell me what yours is. Cause I, I think this is, this is, yeah, this is the toughest question. So for me, it all comes down to transparency. So the idea, you know, when you bring in an outsource for me, you know, running the strategy component of a program, I'm bringing in potentially an outsource writer who may be an expert in a particular field that I have to support with the client. I'd say the transparency and a freaking killer creative brief or overview document or project requirements, depending on the need of your project, write it like you're speaking to your grandmother who doesn't understand what you're trying to do and do not skip target audience. Whether the target audience is the buyer, whether the target audience is the client or the consumer of it, whether the target audience is whomever the end goal is. That would be my my number one piece of advice, regardless, you know, and just have everybody have access to it and review that sucker. (laughs) People are like, here it is. Okay, let's start talking about the work. No, no, no. Make sure you're clear and that the team is transparent about who, what, where, when, and how. So that would, you know, that would be my my one piece of advice. All right. Who wants to go next? (laughs) You're just making me laugh because we've... Over the last couple of years, I swear every strategy deck has the same consumer. It's the millennial mom. And uh, oh my God, yes. <laughs> sometimes her name's, you know, Jane or Lisa or whatever. It's like, holy shit, it's the same consumer over and over and over again. And her needs are, you know, they've obviously evolved from, from 10 years ago, but over the last couple of years, it's very much this sort of central idea of, you know, how to optimize and how to be better and, you know, how to live her life to the fullest. And yeah, it's, it's actually, it's kind of comedic because when that slide goes up in the deck and our whole team starts laughing and the client goes, why are you guys all laughing? Like, uh, yeah, same, same target audience. But, um, I, I do feel like, uh, you know, things are shifting because we went from the millennial mom and, you know, over the last like six months, it's been like, well, what about these Gen Z, you know, what about this new tribe of, of, of consumers and, and are they, are they a factor? And, um, the answer is yes. So here we go. We're, we're moving on that, that slide in the deck's got to change a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, but think about it. So that's client facing. How do you do it with your, your resources? So like, let's say you were going to work, you know, with somebody remotely, what's the thing, how do you get that person up and running? How do you, you know, what's your one piece of advice when you're bringing on an outsource, let's say you've hired someone to do paid media for your, for your program or something like that. How do you ramp them quickly? I was going to say paid media is probably, I don't have a statistic, but I know that's the one everybody hires for is a big one, you know, or, or it's, but we, we have that page or if not three pages in our deck and it outlines Mm -hmm. who that, that uh, target audience is, what that consumer need is and, um, and how we're approaching it. Um, And honestly, I, I think, you bring up a really interesting thing. I mean, the word paid media is like, talk about change, talk about evolution. Yeah, that's that a kind of worms right there. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and the, well, the technology behind it, the AI or, you know, the machine learning and all the things that are going on there. And the fact that, you know, connected television is, is now a real thing. So that, you know, it's streaming is not necessarily <laughs> the same as, 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 as your internet or your regular television. And we're all trying to wrap our heads around, you know, the fact that, that technology is, is a really big factor. Um, and, and so media is, is really different. And um, we're, um, we're in the midst of all that right now. So I, I, think, I think adapting 
and and being flexible and learning on the on the go whether it's us or our vendor or our team is is really crucial um just everybody has to be morphing and evolving at all times it, it's it's really the key to this uh this new world yeah yeah for, for us transparency has been the key thing like we so i've been in this business of offshoring outsourcing for almost 20 years we typically do not well historically we have never you know um, reached out to vendors or external resources because we have everybody in-house so even if we hire people internally the new person who joins or more recently when we started working with partners vendors one thing that that they ask them as soon as as soon as they join on day one you know do not hide be transparent be true to the to yourself because that is the biggest problem in the in the, in the offshore industry in general like people people find it very hard to say first of all to be transparent and to say no they don't say no they would say yes to everything so that has been the problem that i have dealt throughout my life whenever we have a project whenever we have a task i would ask somebody and ask them can you do it first answer without even listening yes i can do it so well first understand and and you know don't, don't just jump on it right so right. personally that has been my challenge but that is you know uh, i think culture specific but overall i think transparency is definitely the key key advice that you want to have your partners um you know understand and set the expectations from day one because so one thing that i also did was you know i created my own user persona like i am i'm telling them this is me right this is what i like this is my style of working so i i have this whole page that tells them this is what i'm expecting from them be it a developer a designer or anybody right so they wow. know this is what varun would expect this is how i yeah. should work with them and we are doing this with more and more people more and more project managers so that their team under them can hear and can know more about them um you know so it's work in progress but i think for me it has helped setting the expectations that way um and and that has really helped me you know um with making the connections and making sure that i'm getting what i want that's interesting cuz i you know when i've hired many people over the years i do the same thing i'm i am the furthest thing from a micromanager on the planet and i'll tell that to my new hires i said look if you need something you got to you got to come get it i'm not going to yeah. chase you you got you know and so it's setting that expectation that's it's a smart move to do with outsourced partners yeah. as well i want to go back to something you said a minute ago and i want to relate it back to something ross had said earlier is this agency attitude never say no cuz while varun saying take a hot second before you say yes you know i'd love to hear this never say no from your perspective ross what would you agree disagree has your approach to that you know that was probably the previous stance that we had was the never say no i think i, th I think that's yeah that agency attitude has always been there like we we're problem solvers we'll figure it out um we'll we'll bring in the the adequate resources to fill that request um but i do know during the pandemic we took on some some things that really bent us over backwards and and were difficult because we probably shouldn't have taken them on and i you know but you know when you're trying to survive and you're trying to keep your team employed you you do what you have to do but i do think in this sort of new era it's i think it's important to be transparent and say hey we don't necessarily have that skill set but we can we can bring bring on a partner and we'll work in tandem with them so that kind of goes to what varun's saying too which is you know as long as you're transparent and say look we that's not our skill set but we are your agency we'll bring them on we'll do a pass through on the rate or whatever so there's no markup whatever we have to do I, because you're going to need that capacity to 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 you know fulfill that obligation so i think i think that's a great approach and i i feel like you know also tapping out and saying hey look we can't take we can't do that in that time frame or we can't do it for that budget or we just can't do it that's that's a 
that's a thing that we really have never ever done. We always try and find a way, even if it breaks us or breaks the system or whatever. Uh, we've we've tried to fulfill every request, and I, I feel like maybe now we're learning a little bit of pushback or just maybe it's just that being transparent saying, Hey, look, this is to do it in that time frame would crush us. And to try and do it at that budget would also crush us. So maybe there's another way to do it. And I feel like maybe I didn't even have the, the capacity to say that out loud before, because it just felt like it was coming from, you know, maybe that the client wouldn't, wouldn't work with us if we told them the truth. So I think, yeah. I think yeah, that's a great, that's a great way to look at the new world order and to look at, partnering with whether that's offshore or another agency uh somebody who who um does something that you don't do or is is a amplification of what you already do so totally or yeah. you know it hashtag paid media <laughs> i think like that having partners there to 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 deliver on that it's it's interesting that you both brought that up i i literally had a conversation this morning with another potential partner they specialize in one particular technology we don't he wanted to know about a lead that i had sent him for this and vice versa we specialize in a different tech he's like i might have somebody so it's like it's being able to say no but here's the person you should talk to that creates you know that positive positive engagement. I want to talk a little bit about and shift gears to your new company because it's brand new at the time of us taping this whenever it will actually get published. So, you know, first off, congratulations there. Tell us a little bit about Extra Bold and why, <laughs> why the shift? How'd you get uh, into it? Give us the well, rundown, the executive summary, <laughs> the elevator pitch. Well, first and foremost, the name comes from a, a philosophy that we kind of touched on a little bit here about just you know, being uh, profound in what you do. You know, uh, I think if you look at the body of work that I've done, it's it's not just bright colors or or energetic. It's 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 emotional and it's and it's loud. Uh, and so that's something that that really struck me because I had clients coming to me saying, "Hey, can you make my brand Instagrammable?" And so the philosophy of extra bold was already kind of put in motion a few years back. And then um, during all this pandemic pivoting, uh, uh, we, we saw that there was a lot of startups that couldn't afford the typical agency fees. They, they wanted to run really fast and they wanted to break a bunch of the rules that maybe were, were needing to be broken anyway, but we, you know, you try and keep some sort of organized chaos going. But in this new world order, we just said, you know what? Okay, if you're going to do a, pay, a, a, a startup, uh, you're going to have to run really fast. You're going to have to skip over a few things and you can fix them later. Uh, so don't, don't be so perfect about everything. And you're not going to have the funding that a typical brand launch would have. So you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to fudge it here and there. And you're going to just have to, you're going to have to do what uh, maybe you were told not to do in the past. And so Extra Bold was formed out of that, that sort of run and gun philosophy. And, and also, I think the fact that we all wanted to sort of be on our own and be freelance anyway, we're, we're united in our, in our agency, but we're all essentially freelancers now. And we can choose and pick and work with anybody we want to, whether that's a, uh, a copywriter or a vendor or whatever. So, you know, that's, that's a big part of how it all came to be. The other strange uh, thing is that uh, a couple of clients asked us if we could pick up some things for them. And they were things that we would never have done in the past. They were, you know, can you make some TikTok videos for us? And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people would have just gone, whatever, you know, that's, that's, there's no way you can make money doing that. It's kind of feels like it's, it's bottom feeder stuff, or maybe it's just what is it curating a bunch of influencer videos? What exactly is it? And I, I decided that I would dive into it and I would take it on. And uh, our goal was to do like 100, 100 posts in 100 days, and uh, which, which as an agency would be insane. We just, the capacity to produce that with, with editors and curators and writers, it just, it just defies the reality. 
but as a smaller operation, uh, and we're there's a you know there's multiple people involved in this, but we're all we're all just saying okay, we're going to do this. We can do it, and we've got a great attitude, and we're going to have fun while we do it. We're going to do some some informative. Uh, some of these things are almost like explainer videos. Some of them are testimonials. Some are just fun and goofy and stupid. Uh, some are just inspirational or entertaining. I mean, we're the gamut is all there. Um, and we're taking it on as, as learning, but also bringing our client forward, moving forward with our client and, and getting, um, you know, filling a need that they had that nobody else could really take on. And, and so the fact that I was available to take that on and bring together my team for that is, is really cool. Um, the other thing that we're doing is doing some brand launches for some startups. Um, and that's extremely challenging, but uh, we, we basically came to the conclusion during the last year and a half that that's something we're really good at. And you got to be super scrappy and you, you can't get, you just can't get too fussy about stuff. You just have to go for it. And we launched a bunch of companies during the pandemic. We created brands. We did naming, strategy, naming, identity, websites, packaging and advertising for, for a whole bunch of them. And at the end of it all, we went, wow, we're really good at that, but that's not sort of our core competency. It was just sort of a side venture. And now it's our, now it's our, now our side hustle is our front hustle. Well, let me ask you, you know, you say that's something you're really good at, but I'm, I'm assuming it's also something you really enjoy <laughs> because I feel like if you're going to start a business and dive in like that way, it needs to be. Yeah dual I mean, situation there? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm getting the best of both worlds. So on one side, I get to do logos and packaging and websites and all of that brand creation. And on the other side, we're doing all these videos and, and fun things with, with motion graphics and, and video and influencers. So I'm kind of scratching both of those itches. And, and yeah, it's fun. That's, that's really, I, I've always sort of done half and half. Um, you know, it, it, sometimes you don't really choose your path, but I, you know, was traditionally groomed as a designer and logo kind of a, known as a logo guy and a packaging guy. And then uh, just by other sort of things that happened in the world, uh, I ended up doing TV commercials for Old Navy, which uh, I think I did 12 spots in one year. Um, so it's not that different from doing TikTok uh, videos. If you think about it, and, and actually, not really, <laughs> old ladies blurred the line. Their their new TikTok videos are running on TV, and you can't tell is that a TV spot or a TikTok. And you know, it's pretty genius. So yeah, I mean, I've I've just had that over the years. I've done both, and I've always had uh, sort of a, a love for both sides of it. And for me to be able to launch an agency that really just says that's what we're doing. We've got one hand over here in TikTok and one hand over here in, in brand creation for startups. It's, it's honestly, it's the best of both worlds. And, and I know it's early days, you know, I'm not, we're not really <laughs> going to be able to say that we're super successful, but we are enjoying the journey. And I think, you know, that's the best that you can do. Just try to survive and, and, and have fun and, uh, and bring a little bit of uh, that joy to, the people who are either looking at those TikTok videos or the people who are engaging with this new brand, you know, make it fun for them. And I, I'm pretty positive from, from what I've seen so far. I just looked at a, a round of edits on TikTok this morning and, and I was looking at some logo stuff also this morning. And I'm, I'm super excited about where it's all going. It's, um, it's exciting. So I think that's the key to sort of having you know, success in this business is just having a great uh, optimism for it, but also like all the things we've talked about, uh, being flexible to learn new things and, and being transparent with how you're getting it done um, and and just uh, maybe closing your eyes and jumping. I don't know if that, that sort of that's maybe describes my personality, but that's really what it is. It's just, you got to go for it. And um I'm, I'm lucky enough to have uh, the team that supports me creatively, my family and my friends, uh, but we're all kind of collectively going for it. And I think that's, that's really, 
you know, that would have been true before the pandemic, but I think the pandemic pulled back, you know, a lot of our support systems and a lot of our, the padding that was around us to stop us from sort of, you know, injuring ourselves in the process. I mean, we all have probably gotten injured mentally <laughs> and physically during the pandemic. So I think we're all just trying to pull ourselves up and dust ourselves off and, and go for it. And I, I guess, you know, if I had any advice to anybody, it's, it's, you know, now's the time, you know, it's, it seems like it's a big opportunity. There's sort of a, the doors are open and, and if you can, you know, jump up and dust yourself off and go for it. I feel like that might be a great place to end our conversation. I don't know if we could say it any better than that. So thank you so much for your insights and I will say snackable nuggets of wisdom as well. You know, <laughs> close your eyes and jumping and collectively going for it. Those are, I think, really embracing a lot of the past couple of years for a lot of people. So um, if where people can find you, let me let me go through the quick list for those folks listening. So you're on the LinkedIn uh, under your own name, Ross Patrick. You're on the Twitter as Brandman3000, which I think is hysterical. And then your company website, extrabold.agency, but extra is spelled X-T-R-A-B-O-L-D.agency. So thank you much, so much for, for chatting with us today, Ross. And Yeah, thanks. I mean, um, it's going to be an interesting rest of the year, and I'm, I'm really excited to have had this opportunity to share the journey so far with you guys. I mean, we're really only like a month into this, so, uh, you know, hang on. It's uh, still a few <laughs> months left in 2021, and uh, you know, I'm just, I'm really glad to be able to, uh, to talk to you guys. And I, I have a feeling that, that, uh, we're going to have some, some further conversations about, uh, you know, how to work together and, and, uh, solve some of these upcoming problems. It's part of the fun of hosting a podcast, talking to other agency owners. It's the creativity that comes out of these conversations is just so killer. So for those of you listening, um, that's it. If you learned something today or laughed, please tell someone about the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Find our other episodes on agencies that build.com. Plus we're listed anywhere you find your favorite podcast.